Hello everyone, we are excited to launch our pediatric and child health podcast called Child Healthpedia. There's a lot of information on the net and sometimes parents find it really difficult on what to trust and what not to. So I, Dr. Ramuya, pediatrician and child developmental specialist along with Rainbow Hospital are now launching this podcast to provide you the right information, evidence-based medicine which will help you in baby care, parenting issues, first aid, simple treatment for your children which you can do at home along with various experts from the street. I'm happy to have Dr. Tejas. Hello, hi. Hello. I'm so excited to be over here. Thanks for making it over here. Yeah. Uh, so Dr. Tejas is a consulting pediatrician and neonatologist at Rainbow Children's Hospital. He's done his neonatal fellowship from Oxford University UK and he's worked at the prestigious St. Mary's in Manchester. Thank you Dr. Tejas for coming over here and uh, being our first guest of the podcast. So this beginning our first episode of the podcast, we see a lot of parents in OP having a lot of queries regarding baby care yeah. because uh, there are a lot of traditions which being followed, the do's and don'ts, so Correct. parents are usually confused. Yeah. So it would be of great help to new parents if you could help them know the do's and don'ts. Absolutely. No, I agree like there are so many of these queries when we sit into the OPD, we get parents who come with a lot of questions about it. So it's a very common question but also very important question. To make things understand easier for parents, especially the first time parents, what we'll do is we'll, we can split this into the must do things as well as must not do things. So what are the must do things? One of the must do important thing is temperature regulation. As we are all aware, like babies are nursed in a very warm, cozy environment when they are into mother's womb. When they come out, they are exposed to a lot of temperature instability. Especially they tend to lose a lot of heat because they have larger body surface area. Now it is important for us to ensure that they maintain a normal temperature. And when I say normal temperature, it is important to have a normal environmental temperature. So many parents come and ask that what temperature should be maintained at home, like uh, can we use ACs, can we use fans. So I always tell them like it is important to ensure that you maintain a temperature around 26 to 28 degree room temperature. If you're using ACs, you can keep it at same temperature or you can use fans which is not like very high speed, like you can use it at the lower speed limit. If you want, you can swaddle the baby as per the external environment. Do not over wrap the baby or neither under wrap. So that's an important aspect. Temperature regulation is an important aspect. Then coming to the next must do thing, I would say it is ensuring basic hygiene practices. Especially I am sure like in the current COVID uh, era, all of us have got so used to more aware about. about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when I say that, like the reason why it should be more emphasized while handling a newborn is, as you know, like whenever there's a newborn in a family, there's so many people who are excited to take care of the baby. They want to handle the baby. They want to cuddle the baby. So it's important that whenever you touch a baby, you do all the basic hand washing steps. And whenever needed, use a hand sanitizer uh, as and when needed. Also, if anyone at family, at home, they're having cough cold, it is important to maintain those distances. Even if mother is having it, she can nurse the baby, she can breastfeed the baby also, but it is important that she wears a mask. So these are like another important things. We are glad that you answered that because many parents have this question that if mother is not well, she shouldn't feed the baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, if she can take all these basic precautions, it's, uh, I think so, there is no reason why a mother and baby should be separated, isn't Absolutely. it? Yeah. 
and then coming to the third important thing is about establishing breastfeeding and then continuing that demand feeding as well as exclusive breastfeeding again like as you know like whenever a baby is born uh, it is important to establish breastfeeding especially in the first one hour of uh, life so even that single drop of mother's milk which is known as colostrum is so energy rich it is so important to the baby it is also known as the first vaccine to the baby so it's important to ensure that the baby receives it as early as possible so it is important to establish breastfeeding now establishing breastfeeding sometimes can be challenging especially for mothers who are like first time mothers primary mothers but it is we if we support them during this period they can definitely achieve that it takes usually 48 hours for a mother to establish breastfeeding during this first 48 hours it is a learning process for the baby as well as mother isn't it so they will be more comfortable after the first 48 hours and once that is done let's continue that demand feeding demand feeding is like whenever the baby is hungry you need to see if there is any other reason and try to breastfeed the baby and once that sets in to continue exclusive breastfeeding till 6 months of age that's important now coming to the next must do thing would be regular pediatrician visits so those things will be there uh, also ensuring that you expose the baby to sunlight there is a lot of questions which people come and ask about whether to expose to sunlight yeah, and all does it help in reducing the jaundice levels correct correct so ideally uh, that's a question of debate like there so many we can discuss at length about it but i would say it's not going to cause any harm yes it might not reduce the jaundice level to that extent which otherwise the phototherapy would do but yes it is good to expose the baby to sunlight not when it is very harsh not when it is very cold in the morning so ideal 20 minutes of exposure should be good come more than the do's let's come to the don'ts yeah because uh, there are a lot of traditional practices which are being followed like uh, application of kajal putting oil into the nose yeah. and ears giving them honey and uh, we've seen children suffering a lot also because absolutely. of these things absolutely so, uh, you being the expert probably you'll uh, be able to help the parents more in detail regarding these things yeah no uh, it's such an important thing like many times you know like uh, more than the do's when we tell them not to do few things they remember those things better yeah. so let's say like the first important thing is like as discussed before is about exclusive breastfeeding see babies don't need anything else mother's milk is the best milk which they can have it is important to continue till 6 months of age so as far as possible try to continue breastfeeding if due to some circumstances like some medical concerns in mothers or like some contraindications if mother milk is not there you then you use formula feed but please don't go for cow milk buffalo milk packet milk i'm sure you would yeah do. because even in this uh, era people do give cow milk buffalo milk especially in rural places when mother's feed is insufficient so please do not give that uh, it leads to vomiting diarrhea and uh, intolerance in uh, babies uh, so exclusive breastfeeding and if uh, feeding is not sufficient then the closest to mother's feed is formula feed Yeah. yeah and always consult a pediatrician try to find out what exactly is the reason why mother is not getting milk and then we can uh, look into those things then comes the other important thing is not putting any oil or in ears not putting oil in nose that's a traditional practices which doesn't help at all or not giving honey or even janam gutti like i'm i come across a lot of patients who like even when the baby is just born they the first thing is like they don't even look for the mother they, they are trying to get honey even in like uh, 
metro cities we see this kind of problem so it's important to make them aware that it is in fact going to cause more harm to the baby so trying to avoid those things are more important yeah because honey leads to a serious problem called botulism and uh, so this can be prevented by avoiding all these so uh, extra things which you put in a baby's mouth come extending from there like they also ask about water you know mm -hmm. like whether we should yeah. give it's very sunny it's yeah. very hot outside mm -hmm. shall we start water mm -hmm. so again mother's feed is sufficient enough to ensure that they their thirst is been replenished so there is no need of water also excess water um, they also ask about like many of them are like more they want to know whether when can we start bathing the child yes. so that's another the first bath <laughs> yeah the yeah. first bath and all see what we usually recommend is it is better that let the cord fall and then you can start bathing because uh, during that time you can obviously do sponging and all those things but um, if the cord is not completely dried and it if it falls early it can sometimes ooze so infection yeah and it can ooze from there parents get panicked then it can lead to infections so it's better to let the cord dry completely fall naturally and then you can start bathing babies don't get dirty because they don't go outside yeah and cords usually fall up by 7 to 10 days absolutely so, uh, doesn't take uh, longer than 2 weeks for you to get the first bath so you can wait till the cord uh, falls off yeah so that's another thing then when we go ahead and see like what are other important don'ts and all see um, it's important not to swaddle babies very tight okay they are used to having uh, flexion in their arms they are used to having flexion into their knees and those things that's how they are like into mother's womb that's in fact a feeling of contentment many parents try to put very tight wraps and try to put very tight swaddles that is not needed for the baby yes it can help sometimes in handling the baby but it has not shown any other evidence or any benefit other than that other things which also uh, matter or like we say don't is uh, do not shake the baby too much do not vigorously like massage the baby do not shake the baby because that can itself lead to other complications uh, in the baby yeah so the massage should be a uh, very uh, gentle it should be a pleasurable activity for the baby so not too much of head pressing and uh, pressing different parts of the body very hard where the baby is crying uh, so that should be avoided right correct 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 and um, other things are like obviously do not neglect fever in a baby especially babies who are born like early or like especially in the first month of life that can be an indication of a very serious underlying problem so whenever your child is like having high grade temperature you should recheck temperature after removing the swaddle and if it is still high it is better to consult your pediatrician after that and it's better not to self medicate that's absolutely again. because in india we have over the counter medications absolutely. and it's easy by word of mouth or discussing with other parents uh, they just go and buy uh, over the top medications so there's so many experts at home isn't yes. it <laughs> so it's good yeah. to have like people who can give you advices but it is always better to discuss with your pediatrician and see how it is going ahead what do uh now before a child gets discharged so what are the things which the parent should keep in mind that have been checked or any tests and what are the vaccines uh, which uh, should be given to the baby yeah i think so that's a very important point and again like there are so many questions which parents do ask now before discharge what things should be seen so we always recommend to do a head to toe examination of the baby ensuring that there are no congenital anomalies been uh, 
missed during antenatal scans because scans itself can sometimes not pick up everything isn't it so it is important to have an head to toe uh, examination as well as there is something known as a universal screening test and a hearing test which needs to be done yeah i guess universal screening many parents are not aware about it yet yeah. and sometimes we see no later on at one year two years people with uh, metabolic problems Correct. which can be screened at a earlier stage yeah so. so universal screening test involves basically newborn screening test as well as the hearing assessment so newborn screening test is nothing but in which uh, you screen for congenital metabolic problems or any inborn error of metabolisms so simple things like congenital hypothyroidism g6pd deficiency so some hormonal instabilities or some uh, metabolic problems like protein metabolisms those can be picked up early these are not like definitive test but they are screening test they are itself the word itself says that it's a screening test so it can pick up things and then we can evaluate further before the damage problem. happens exactly so that's another thing and it is uh it is very important to ensure all the vaccinations have been done before discharge like the bcg oral polio hepatitis b and when you continue your follow ups with pediatrician the regular immunization schedule has been continued and completed it also very important when you discharge you have a regular follow up with pediatrician so once you know the tests have been done mm. uh, you've done the screening test what are the medicines which a parent has to keep at home or what are the medicines which need to be given to the baby after yeah. discharge so ideally after discharge uh, babies don't need lot of medications mm. they just need vitamin d what that's the standard uh, recommendation which is done which is like 400 international units they can be different compositions about it babies newborn babies especially they tend to have lot of nose block so you can use some saline nasal drops which can help in clearing their uh, nasal pathway and help them in breathing better but it is better to avoid as much as medications especially as i said initially to avoid self medication the other common problems which they can have is colics but it is good to have like non medicational things try those try things try those things first. yeah and then if it is still not settling better to meet your pediatrician and see what is the underlying cause for the colic mm. and then take it from there but the lesser the medicines the better absolutely so once the parents go home uh, the question comes to follow up so when do they need to visit the pediatrician uh, because some take 6 weeks also and then we might miss on certain things so the first few visits are important so Correct. when would you advise the child to come back uh, for follow up the bb Yeah so when we discharge like as we know like a newborn who is born by normal delivery might get discharged in 24 hours a baby who is born by cesarean section might get discharged on day 2 or day 3 now that's the time when they start having other concerns like they might lose weight in that period usually jaundice develops between third day to seventh day so the first visit is very important many parents ask that oh we have a follow up with the obstetrician after one week or two weeks can we just come during that time but you might lose that window during that period so it's important to come and see your pediatrician at least 48 to 72 hours after you have discharged to mainly to ensure that there is no uh, jaundice which the baby has developed and there is no significant weight loss once that has been done if it is going on track maybe after one week or two week and then at the time of vaccination that's an important thing Thanks a lot Pages I think you summarized all the important points in a nutshell for which uh, it's pretty easy for the parents to understand about simple baby care uh, thank you so much for that
Now, uh, another question. Uh, so these days we are seeing a lot of parents, mothers who are delivered prior to their uh, due date because of certain medical issues or the baby issues inside the womb. Uh, and they are petrified, they are scared that what if my child is born early? Uh, how would it be the baby's journey? You know, immediate issues during the immediate neonatal period and then even in the long term, would my child be any way different from uh, any other child who's been born in uh, as per date? Uh, so there's a lot of the thing going on still in parents' mind, this care. Uh, so you seeing babies in NICU on a regular basis, uh, what would you advise the parents? Yeah, I get that point. Like I, I know, like many mothers do ask, like, should I be worried when my baby is admitted in NICU yeah. when they are born early? To make it simpler or to make it understand better, we all know that normally babies are born after nine months. So nine months is nothing but around 38 to 40 weeks, and a normal birth weight is around 2.5 kg to 3.5 kg. So whenever babies are born earlier than 37 weeks, they are known as premature babies. Uh, whenever babies are born less than 2.5 kg. They are known as small for gestational age babies or they are low birth weight babies. So the earlier they are born, the more the premature they are. The viability period usually starts after 24 weeks. So when I say viability period, it is period from where a baby can survive and can be brought up if they are supported with the intensive care kind of facility. Now viable period starts from 24 weeks. So as I said, like. 24 to 37 weeks is known as premature uh, period. Depending how early they are born, they are like known as extreme premature or uh, they are very premature or moderate premature or late preterms kind of thing. Now it can be very overwhelming when you see your baby going into NICU and being uh, surrounded by a lot of lines, tubes, gadgets surrounding it and a lot of stress, lot of stress for the parents also. But what I feel is Babies who are admitted in NICU can have multiple concerns. It, they can have anything from just having a prematurity late preterms where they just need a bit of support in the form of feeding or a bit of oxygen to someone who need a lot of support like intensive care uh, things. It's important to understand those things from your neonatologist, understand what are the complications which are there into the babies. On a daily basis, usually doctors and nurses in NICU will take utmost care of the baby and try to ensure that whatever environment the baby gets in the mother's womb is replicated into the NICU. So we try to bring it as closer as possible. Exactly. Uh, always try to do the best. Yeah. The baby's body also needs to support. Exactly. So we try to replicate something like where we can try to support the baby. It's not more of the treatment, it is more about the supporting the baby to ensure that we get the baby to a stage where baby can uh, do things by itself. So depending upon the problems, your neonatologist will always update you what concerns are going at. What I would recommend to such parents who are usually anxious about uh, their babies in NICU, please take one day at a time, uh, take baby steps, try to understand what are the problems and then deal it accordingly. There will be people to support you, there are a lot of support groups which are there and everyone will be doing the best to ensure that they have a healthy baby. Thank you so much. I would uh, definitely think that listening to this, most of the parents would uh, get the stress relief from the mind that it's okay even if the baby lands up in NICU or later on after the baby gets discharged, maybe the initial period might be a little difficult but later it should be fine. They can have a stormy course but it all depends like just because your baby is admitted in NICU that doesn't mean that it is 
uh, very bad. At the same time, it doesn't mean that everything is very um, goody goody and things are going to be. It's going to be a difficult journey. It can be a lot of ups and downs. Uh, but once we understand why things are happening, it's easier to treat them better also. Yeah, because uh, there's been so much advance in medical field, and uh, even most of the problems do have a solution to it. Yeah. Uh, but not all, definitely. Exactly. Yeah. Not all, but um, as I said, like Indian NICUs or Indians. Uh, Tertiary neonatal care have advanced and they are at par of like any western world. In fact, um, most of the better or big NICUs are, can give care to babies as small as 24 weeks, as small as 500 grams also, provided like other things are in place. Thank you Dr. Tejas for taking time and making it for the podcast. Uh, I'm sure this was a very valuable session for the parents. Uh, They'll really find it useful. Uh, Thank you once again for that. Thank you Dr. Amulya. It was a pleasure being over here. So this was our first podcast with Dr. Tejas. I'm sure it would have helped all of you in answering your basic queries about uh, baby care. Thank you dear parents for listening to the podcast. I hope this was useful to you. We will be coming up in the upcoming weeks with more such sessions with more experts to help you in taking care of your baby. Do subscribe, save and share it with your friends which will be useful for them. See you next time. Until then, bye.